Oh my God, we're on. We're live. This is it. Yes, we are live. Hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, You are tuning in to uh, uh, the official reboot of the Small Business Download Podcast. Um, So, uh, in case you have never tuned into this before, you're thinking, okay, what is the Small Business Download Podcast? Well, first off, Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, all the links are down in the description. If you want to interact with us live, uh, you can do so by joining the webinar. Um, uh, So the Small Business Download Podcast, uh, we want to help businesses succeed. And one of the unique things we're going to do is uh, not only are we going to help you succeed as a business overall, but we're going to connect technology needs to go with the business needs as we go through this. So I want to introduce my co-host, uh, uh, Thomas Tom, Cox. Tom Thomas Cox. Hi, Tom. How are you, my friend? Awesome. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's the worst way to do it, man. Worst way to do it. Always have other people introduce folks. In fact, I should have introduced you. Uh, so oh, okay. that's okay. And folks, what you're, if you're watching or listening, the whole point here is learn as you go, learn as you go, learn as you go. Uh, never be afraid to make a mistake as long as you're learning from it. Right. Uh, and I would say it's a mistake. It's just an opportunity for improvement. Um, I'm Thomas Cox. I've been uh, an independent consultant off and on for 20 years since 2002 when I left IBM. Uh, I was at IBM Global Services before that PricewaterhouseCoopers, before that Oracle Corporation, uh, as well as working at some small boutique outfits doing originally uh, database design. I would be the architect who would come in and work with a business to say, hmm, how do we put that on a computer system? Or how do we take your old system that doesn't work for you anymore and turn it into a new system that does work for you? Did that for about 15 years. And then I, I plateaued because it was this, it, they all ended up being kind of the same basic set of problems that I'd already figured them out. So I wasn't challenged anymore. I thought, well, all right, well, what's my next challenge? And my next challenge was leading teams and running small businesses because that's what I was going to try to do. And I was not very good, uh, but I was determined to get better. Uh, and that's what I spent the last 20 years doing is learning and teaching simultaneously. How, to, how do you run a small business successfully? And to me, it's really close to my heart. It's how do you lead small teams well? Uh, we'll cover all that and more uh, as Taylor and I uh, do these, these episodes because from my perspective, Taylor, I, I think what we're here to do is uh, teach while learning and to uh, come up with our own real problems that one of us has that the other one can help with. And also with our viewers, you know, your viewers, you've got an issue, bring it to us and we'll, we'll walk it through how, how you can get some traction on the problems that are baffling and, and bemusing you. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, Tom, we'll be learning a lot from each other, my friend. Uh, you have a, a lot of experience and knowledge and in, in which I'm eager to learn. And I, of course, have a, a lot of technology stuff that I'm eager to share. Outstanding. Uh, uh, so, Tom, you want to kick it off? And uh, I know you have a, a couple of things. And then I have a, a naturally a couple of questions to go along with it. Well, I, I would say that our topic um, is, is one that's near and dear to both our hearts because we both care about it a lot. And that is how do you fill your pipeline? Um, and I, in preparation for, for today's session, I was listening to a, a book on tape, highly recommend folks. Uh, you need to spend as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, 
uh, as a CEO, you need to spend a lot of your discretionary time learning, uh, reading books, listening to books on tape when you're someplace you can't read read a book, uh, talking to experts, asking for help. Probably one of the biggest mistakes of my career was not spending more time asking simple, naive questions of folks who knew more than me. Because I, I was always happy to answer those questions. Why wouldn't other people be happy to answer those questions? Turns out they are happy to answer those questions, but I was too proud to ask. Uh, and so I like to show you my favorite uh, visual diagram for those of us who are consuming visually as soon as I'm given permission to share a screen. Oh, uh, hang on. And, and, and what I'm going to show you is the, the six steps to you know, filling the pipeline and closing business for a consultant. And I think both Taylor and I qualify for that. But we'll also talk here about how do you fill your pipeline when you're not, uh, when you do something that's uh, a little different from consulting uh, in some crucial ways. So uh, here, go ahead. here's the diagram. Uh, and it is called uh, the six steps to unlimited clients and financial freedom. This is from a class I actually teach. Uh, and it's based on a book called The Guide to Winning Clients by uh, a brilliant consultant named David Fields. Uh, and so if you are in fact selling the kind of service or product that is extremely high risk, this would be the right six steps for you. What do I mean by high risk? I mean, if you bring in a management consultant like me and they're the wrong person, and they give you the wrong advice and you take it, um, it's not like getting the wrong toothpaste. If you buy the wrong toothpaste, what's the worst thing that happens, Taylor? Buy some uh, toothpaste, you, it's the wrong stuff, and you're like, oh, I hate this toothpaste. You, you, you take it back or you yeah. get somebody else. Yeah, you find somebody who likes that flavor, you throw it away, worst case, it's like, oh, wow, I lost five bucks. Hopefully you bought a small travel size since it's new. You're trying to, trying to swallow. Right. Worst thing that happens if you get the wrong consultant with the wrong intervention in your business, you might go out of business. You might have to retrench and shrink down and recover from the debacle. It's bad. And that's why you can't sell consulting like toothpaste because the downside of consulting, buying the, the wrong thing or applying it the wrong way is so much worse. And you can't let yourself do that. And so people are very slow and reluctant and careful when they hire consultants. And so that's what this six steps here is, is illustrating. I'll walk you through it for the listeners. Uh, the very first thing you got to do is make sure you're thinking and talking right side up in a way that's focused at your customer. If your marketing is all about your process, if your marketing is all about you, if your marketing is all about putting your face up, then you're an entertainer or you're doing it wrong, right? People want to tune into, you know, pick your favorite celebrity uh, because of who that person is. And so they should lead with their face and their name. Um, if people are interested in toothpaste, all toothpaste are basically probably going to mostly get your teeth mostly clean most of the time. So then your product differentiating. But if you're selling some, some sort of high risk intervention, uh, it's very, very different. And you, you always want to talk about, I would say this is true for every, all of us really, uh, think, write, and talk about who your buyer is and what their problem is, not the solution, the problem. And so uh, part of how you fill your pipeline is making sure you're, th you're thinking and speaking and writing properly for where you are and who you are. 
So, we'll so get Tom, into details on that if you wanted to. So if I can ask a question here, my friend. Yeah. Um, so you said talk about the problem, and I'm guessing that's because... Not uh, the solution, correct. Because people the, don't know don't, the solution yet. Yeah, or if, there's, if they've self-diagnosed already, they've, they're probably wrong. I mean, how many times have you seen that? Where people, you know, oh, they come to you with a problem and they think they have the answer and they want you to confirm it and they're completely incorrect, right? And so this is the why that your opening question is almost always, what seems to be the problem? Because you're asking for their symptoms and they know their symptoms, they're rehearsing them. If someone has a headache, they are not walking around thinking acupuncture, 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 or massage therapy, <laughs> or, or even aspirin. They're thinking right. headache. I have a headache. 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 And right, if you right, right. meet them there, meet them where they are, and you're saying, "Oh, well, if you've got a headache," I was like, "My God, that's me. How did you know?" Well, I'm just asking everybody that question. You happen to have one, so you heard me. Right. Okay, I, cu I cut through the clutter because I said the thing you were ready to hear, uh, and so you that okay. Notice the underlying principle is you've got to build visibility, which is, by the way, step three on the diagram is I'll, I'll walk through these up to three and filling the pipeline really is getting all the way up to step six. Uh, step one, get your head on straight and you want to talk to your prospects about themselves and their needs. Number two, you got to maximize your impact. You have to really move the needle on things. You've got, you've got to make sure that your product or service actually makes a difference. Uh, please don't try to go to step three and be visible if your step two is weak, because then you're highly visible being ineffective. And I know, do not go out and waste your time being highly visible, showing off to the world how little difference you make. That would be bad. So make sure that your product or service really works. And, and hopefully you've got that nailed, but it, I would be very certain to, to validate that. Here's a great so, thing to do is, go ahead. So Tom, I just got a question for you. Do I need to repeat these steps if I add new products or services to my lineup? So let's say I'm really good at this one service. Yeah. And it's currently highly visible. And all of a sudden down the line, I decide to add a new product, but I hey. haven't perfected that new product yet. Do I need to repeat uh, step uh, one or I two? Would, well, let's describe the six steps and then see if our answer just, just okay. jumps out at us. So thinking right side up is you're talking about your clients and their problems. So if your new product or service is in that same ballpark, you're already in good shape. Step two is maximize your impact. If your new product or service has impact, does make things better for people. That's a product by product thing. So clearly you want to make sure, hey, I, I have aspirin, but now I have acupuncture. Oh, now I'm adding massage therapy. Do each of these work in some circumstances? Well, hopefully, yes. But you'll have to test them one by one product or service by product or service. Getting visibility is at least as much about you and your product and your intervention. Uh, so yeah, you could probably do some visibility around, hey, here's my acupuncture, here's my acupuncture. But now... Uh, aspirin. It'll depend on how you went about getting your visibility, but yeah, probably you'll need to go back and revisit step three. Uh, step four is connecting with people. So now that you're visible, you need to have some one-on-one -on -one conversations with folks who may or may not be buyers yet. And my strong recommendation is that you build, you do step four and build your professional network and maintain that network as a human-centric network where you aren't 
focused on the business. You're not focused on selling. You're not asking to meet people who might be buyers. You're asking to meet people who are interesting. Now, this is the David Fields advice from his book. It served me very well. I suspect it's going to serve you very well. Uh, one of the great, I'm going to forget his name. I'm forgetting his, the name of his book, but he famously had a huge Rolodex. And what he would do is connect with a person, find out something about them personally, and then send them a gift afterwards. He was a big gift giver. Send them a gift afterwards that had to do with them as a human. So someone who really loved to golf, he'd send them something like special golf balls, maybe. Nothing super expensive, but very, very appropriate for who they were, which showed that he paid attention to who they were as a person. That's connecting as one human to another. And he would call up and say, hi, and how are you doing and whatever. Uh, and he sold a commodity. He sold uh, office supplies which is a broad category. So he's talking to you know, corporate buyers who buy office supplies generically from probably a couple of providers and he wasn't one of them. And so he, his pitch was always, I'd like to be your backup provider if you ever have problems with your primary. That's it. And that's an easy yes, right? Oh, sure, I don't have a backup. So fine, you can be my backup. And then he just stay in touch. Now this is a very long, slow play. So I'm not recommending you do this to fill your pipeline in a hurry. But notice that even he selling a commodity was really focused in this step four about connecting with building human connection with people. And then when the time comes to talk commercially about something, you're in touch, you're in touch, you're in touch. Hi, how you doing? How's, how's the spouse? How, how are the offspring? At some point, they'll say, hey, I'm so glad you called. I'm so glad we're talking. You know, I was just actually going to pick up the phone and call you. We got a problem. I, I think I might need you. Oh, okay. Well, that's a separate conversation from our human conversation about getting to know each other and hanging out and, and being human with one another. Um, we could do that right now, or we could have a separate conversation just about the business. Um, I'll leave that up to you. And what you're doing there is you're deliberately separating your human connection from your commercial activities. This is where people get networking wrong is they think that networking is about a lot of folks call it slimy is you're, you're trying to get to know people and you've got this agenda of selling them something. It's like being invited over to a friend's house and they surprise you with, it's an Amway pitch to try to get you to sell their stuff. It's like, I thought you invited me over for dinner. You invited me over for a sales pitch. I feel uh, that's, not, that's not cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's just not cool. Not. All right. And so that's, and again, I'll credit David Fields with, with articulating this clearly for me. We all know this is true, that our, that our, our human relationships and our, our transactional business activity type relationships are qualitatively different things. And so when you network in a way that deliberately separates them, you're like, hey, I want to get to know you as a person. Um, and, I, and I'm doing that now. And it really, really pays off well because I, I network with greater confidence and fluidity. Um, I feel comfortable calling people back or getting back in touch with folks because I'm not feeling pushy or slimy because I'm not being pushy or slimy because I literally just want to know what they're like as a person or how they're doing or God, it's been two years. How's the business? How are you? Like this guy, uh, Doug, right. uh, you did, did, did business with him probably 10 years ago. And I had no problem reaching out to him and just saying, it's been 10 years. All kinds of stuff's happened to me. I bet a lot of stuff's happened to you. How are you? Now I'm dwelling now on step four because this is a crucial part. If you want to fill your pipeline fast, you need to be looking at everyone you've ever met, everyone you ever sold to, 
everyone you've ever crossed paths with and you've got their name and number and you methodically reach out to them in, in one of two ways. If they're a former buyer, you might uh, check in with them and say, hey, I've got some new products and services. Uh, wondering where you are in terms of being in the market. Uh, is it because most people who say no, we're former buyers, what they really mean is not yet. And so gotcha. you want to set yourself up with some kind of MailChimp uh, so, uh, semi-automated outreach to keep in touch with the people who've already bought from you to see when they're ready to buy next. But the other people who are like your former college roommate who you haven't talked to in 20 years, you call them to say hi, and then you, in the process of that, just let them know what you do. Now, you know why people don't refer you, Taylor, the same way frequency they refer their dentist and they don't? No, There's I one don't. reason. The reason why people don't refer you nearly as often as they refer their dentist is number one, the dentist has probably 2,000 clients and you don't. Mm -hmm. and I right. don't think. And they know what their dentist does. Oh, yeah. They're not really quite entirely clear what we do, and that's on us. Right. And so part of your visibility game and part of your connection game is just making it clear what you do in a right. zero pressure way. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll give you uh, a, an example of a conversation I literally just had yesterday. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, yeah, in my business, I have insurance and I'm an insurance agent. Right. And my my insurance agent or office is also a customer of mine. Nice, um, smart. So I called him and I says uh, I has, had a few questions about my my insurance. Uh, but, but before I went into that, I opened the conversation by just asking him how he's doing. You know, yeah. You know, his first name is Brian. I said, Hey, Brian. You know, how you doing? How are things? How is the family? Um, he's like, Good. I'm on my way to. Uh, uh, baseball game, son's playing in. I'm like, awesome. I, I hope he wins this game. And, and he's like, so Taylor, what's up? And I said, hey, you know, I'm adding this new service to my business and just want to see when you have time to make sure I'm covered insurance wise. And he's like, oh yeah, uh, send me the information. We'll talk. Uh, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. I said, okay, no problem. And then he says, How's business? What 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 are you adding? I, I, he's like, you got me curious now, and nice. you know, it just kind of went into one thing after the other. And, and Tom, the the resolution of that conversation is, he is interested in becoming a customer of that nice. product. Nice. So you know, it, it it was it was it goes back to kind of what you said. It you know, I really didn't call him to sell anything. Right, I called you had him, a legitimate question. I just had a legitimate question. You know, I'm legitimately just reaching out. Uh, like you said, how are you? And, and I, you know, I've learned just in general life, and you can correct me here that, um, that I find not all the times I really need to make that pitch or do that yeah. because just by being present and in mm -hmm. front of them, by checking mm -hmm. in with them, mm -hmm. just by having pleasant uh, conversations with them, yeah, uh, I tend to stay in the forefront of their mind. And if they know what I do, they're they're going to reach out. They're, yes. they're going to come to me. Hey, hey, Taylor, you know, uh, we talked yesterday or, or, or we, we had a, a nice business lunch the other day. And, uh, you know, I really need this. And, and I know you do that. Is there any way you can help me with that? So, you know, that I understand when you when you talk about step four and connecting, yes. uh, you know, that, that really hits home. Uh, that really hits home. And, 
and, and I understand what you're saying about being invited over to somebody how, somebody's house and all of a sudden receiving an Amway pitch. That's happened to me more than once, to be quite honest oh, with you. It's not fun. Uh, no, I'm like, I came over here to, to you know, maybe drink an alcoholic beverage and, 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 you know, eat food and have fun a little bit. I didn't come over here to crunch numbers and think of a whole nother business plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it feels uncool. It feels dishonest and it feels like uh, they're, they're pretending to be your friend in order to sell you things. Right. Now, the reason you can do this with your insurance person is you're already in a business relationship. There's no pressure on either of you to sell a new thing. And you're like, oh yeah, your kid, that's awesome. And in fact, I will wager when you talk to your insurance guy, Brian, next, you're going to say, hey, before we get into the business side, what happened with the game? With exactly. your son's baseball game. Did he win? Did right. he win? I hope he won. That. Okay, let's, I'm going to tell you briefly about the, the neurophysiology uh, in play here. Is that what you're, what you're doing is you're demonstrating by keeping track of their details and, and, and bringing up stuff they've said before uh, that they are important to you enough that you track the details. And mm-hmm. we like it be we like this being important to other people enough that they track our details. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel safer. We're like more like we belong. Like this person is part of our tribe and has our back. Uh, that's why when you forget, say, your wife's birthday or something, it feels very offensive. Is that someone who has an expectation that you'll track their details and you're not, uh, and that feels very uncool. So. It's like the, the, the commodity office supplier guy would build relationship by just talking to people and being interested in them and then demonstrating. I'm not saying you have to do it this way. It was his way, but he would demonstrate that he really understood the person deeply and listened to them by sending them a gift that was highly customized and appropriate for what they'd said about themselves and revealed. So let me, I feel like I keep promising to do an overview of the six steps and I haven't. So I'm going to do that now. Uh, thank you for being patient, listeners. Uh, so step one, get your head on straight, right side up thinking. You're t- thinking of talking about the customer and their problems primarily. That you're, that you're thinking and you're writing and you're talking, hopefully you're writing and talking, uh, or in your, even your ad copy are about the customer and the customer's journey, the customer's situation. So they see themselves out there in, in, your, in your communications. Number two, you're maximizing your impact. You actually do make a difference with your product or service. It really does help. Uh, you should prove or test that by getting testimonials from your happiest clients. And I have a whole process I can walk us through on that. Step three, building visibility. So you've got this impact. Now you talk about the impact. You One-to-many communications, AKA marketing, uh, is how you do step three. Step four is both networking conversations and some of them will end up being sales conversations. Step five is really when you're in a sales conversation, you become the obvious choice. Uh, You do that primarily through asking the right kinds of questions. And then step six, you propose and you negotiate and you close, which is where now that you've proven that you're really the right person for them. And they're like, I think I want a proposal from you, Taylor. Okay, great. Now, how do you make sure that proposal really does do everything it needs to do. So filling your pipeline really is about steps. For me, I would say it's steps four, five, and six. It's connect with people that you already know uh, very deliberately, very proactively. Maybe a little step three, a little little visibility around your product or service, which hopefully already has impact. Uh, And now you're getting into sales conversations, 
that that is step five. You are talking intelligently about their need and how your product or service fits their need. And you, you know, tell them what it costs or you negotiate a deal with them. So filling the pipeline is the most important thing you can do if your small business is a million dollars or less, because it's probably the thing you haven't really nailed yet. I'm, I'm paraphrasing an excellent book called Ready, Fire, Aim. I'm forgetting the author's name, uh, but it's the book that I'm listening to and reading right now. Uh, you've got to get really, really good at understanding where do your buyers you know, tune in? Are they reading certain websites? Are they listening to certain podcasts or radio stations? Where can they be found? And hunt them down, find them and figure out where do they consume media? How are they buying other stuff? Uh, that's maybe competitive to you, but get in front of them. You have to know what kinds of messages work on them. Uh, is it feature oriented? Is it solution oriented? Are you selling so the sizzle, not the steak, so to speak? Uh, my friend Lynette Sanders likes to say, okay, you could talk about how this pen has, it has you know indelible ink and it writes a really fine, consistent line. That's about the features. Or she could say, this is the same pen that signed the treaty that ended the civil war in thus and such a place. You're like, oh my gosh. And now it's the story of the pen and not its features. It's, it's a human connection and human meaning. And there's, there's some, are, some will be more important than other uh, approaches, different buyers, different products and services will take different approaches. You've got to see what works and you need to, to methodically try variations until you, you dial it in. And once you've got it figured out, keep hitting it. If it works, keep working it. If knocking on doors works, knock on doors. Uh, I'm helping my younger brother who's got a brand new startup business. Uh, and he's finding that his favorite thing to do is to literally walk in a big concentric spiral outward from his office, knocking on the doors of every business near him to say, hi, I just opened my new business and here's what I do. And he hands him this little promotional gift with his logo on it. And so, you know, here's what I do. I don't suppose you have any need for the, those services right now, right? Very laid back, not non-pressuring. I recommend that, by the way. If, if ever you say something that might be taken as a sales pressure, I, I try to practice this and I always recommend it is phrase it as, yeah, you, you're not interested in this right now, are you? Like, I don't want to assume you don't, but I, I kind of assume that you don't. And then- they can easily say, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need that. I, I didn't think you did. Okay, great. Right. And so th there was no weirdness and there was no pressure. And you're just asking them to confirm your suspicion that they're not in the market right now. So because if they are, they are happy to contradict you. Say, so, no, actually, I'm really interested in that exactly right. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I didn't want to assume, but sure, I'm, we can talk. Because most people who buy whatever your product or service is, I would say for, for a lot of businesses, 80, 90, 98% of people aren't shopping right now. If you sell cars, how often do you buy a car? Once every five years? Guess what? Maybe. There's like a one or two month window every five years, every 60 months. So one out of 60. So I know what the percentage is there. It's less than 2% of people are actively in the market for a car right now. And it's always a different percent. And so I'm ignoring all car ads. And then the day will come and the wife will say, we need a new car. And I'll say, okay, let's start looking. And suddenly all those ads that I've been ignoring start showing up. And then because I'm shopping, 
Google will start feeding me more ads based on what I'm shopping for. And I will be inundated with these commercial messages. And that's, you just need to be visible for people when the time comes they're ready to buy, which yeah, you so do by being visibility and connecting and networking and so on. So Tom if, I, Tom, if I can interject here just for a yeah. second. So I'm a, I live in a small community. I'm an IT yep. guy. Yep. And I, I walk into a business. I hand them a, a flyer and a card and say, hey, my name's Taylor. I'm the neighborhood IT guy. I take care of small businesses. Here's my information in case you need something. Have a great day. <laughs> Is that a good example? Uh, absolutely. And in fact, if you want to fill your pipeline really fast, uh, an approach that can work, uh, is to literally hit as many people as you can very, very fast just to find that 2% who happen to be in the market right now. And if, let's say, if you need 10 people and it's a 2% hit rate, help me with the math there. Um, I should have used easier so, numbers. Let's so, say it's 20 uh, people. I need 20 people and it's a 2% hit rate. I need to hit 1,000 people and 2% of 1,000 is 20. Right. I, I think, probably. Yeah, that sounds right. And so, yep. great. How quickly can you hit a thousand people? Well, if I do, you know, 10, 20 a day and some of that will be in person and some will be text messages or phone calls. Like you could be, you know, phoning people from the car, hopefully hands-free, be safe uh, as you go physically place to place. It might take you a while, um, but that would be one way in, in a brute force fashion to, to fill your pipeline. There was a, a story about an insurance company who was in desperate financial shape. And the solution that they hit on that worked for them was to take literally everybody in the office, give them all walking maps of their vicinity and say, you're going to go door to door. You're going to knock on the door. And when someone answers it, your question, you're going to say, you're not looking to buy any insurance right now, are you? And most people would say, no, you say, didn't think so great. Thanks. And you can even maybe leave a brochure, maybe leave a card or you don't, but you just, you hit doors and ask, you pose that statement to people because at any given moment, 2% of people are in the market for insurance. Right. And they got enough new business in that week of hammering doors to keep the business going. Oh, yeah. Tom, I'm going to, real quick, I'm going to stop your screen here just for a second here. Absolutely. Because um, I, I want uh, people to... Uh, be able to see us here as as we collaborate back and forth. Our beautiful uh, shiny faces, yes. Yeah, for those who are just listening, uh, audio only, I encourage you to go to our website, smallbusinessdownload.com, and click on the link for our YouTube channel. Uh, you'll be able to, to see Tom's visual that he was just talking about. But, uh, you know, uh, Tom, the, the other thing I, I have a question on is... Mm -hmm. um, is... Uh, I'm learning a sales pitch is not always needed as, as long as you're visible and people know what you do, uh, they will ask, for example, you know, if, if I, if I'm, if I'm maintaining, you know, connections and, and good business relationships with folks, uh, you, you'll be so I I'm, you know, granted I'm not huge and I, there's a lot I still would like to fill, uh, but for the few I do have, I'm, I'm finding that, you know, I, I maintain a, a general, you know, business relationship with, with all the owners and it's not, you know, selling them anything. It's just general, hi, how you yeah. doing? Right. You know, 
let, let, let's go have a Coney at Skyline. And I know that's a Cincinnati thing, but, uh, you know, let's go have, you know, coffee or, you know, let, let's go have lunch sometime and, and, and just talk. And, and I'm finding, you know, just talking with them, uh, you know, uh, just staying connected with them, that the whole business aspect or the whole sales part mm-hmm. all of a sudden comes naturally. Like yeah. my insurance agent, I didn't call him to sell anything. He asked me, how's business? What, what am I doing? And, and, and I didn't even go into detail. Hey, uh, this is the new service I've added. He's right. like, Oh really? What's that about? You know what I mean? So I didn't, uh, I didn't really have to go into detail and, right. uh, you know, um, so yeah, I, um, it, it's very, uh, it, it's very interesting. Now, yeah. now, Tom, the one question I have is, is, uh, virtually, virtually versus physically. Yep. Uh, you know, you're trying to hit that, you know, 2000 people, uh, to get 20 people. Right. Um, you know, are, are they both equally uh, as effective or oh, is I, I, there, yeah, there's yeah, obvious trade-offs, one? right? I mean, virtually you can do faster. You can get more people. You can send out a mass mail, at least in theory, if you have people's emails. Uh, right. And physically it's more real it you're it's wow you know after two years of pandemic oh look a person in my face an actual human being that's kind of novel these days uh and it's harder to ignore you and it's easier actually to be interested in you and make time for you when you show up physically in person somewhere like at a business networking event like at a bni type group which is a business networking international it's a a system for uh creating referral networks for people. Uh, it could be very effective for you. Uh, being in or speaking in front of a chamber of commerce or some other uh, organization. Talking to organizations, by the way, is a terrific visibility tool and that will get your existence and your offer and the thought of you in front of a lot of people. So forgive my, forgive my, forgive my stupidity, Tom. Mm-hmm. When you say talking to an organization, what do you mean by that? Who... Who, I mean, there's a lot of people in an organization. You have the president, you have the vice president, you have secretaries. You have Let all me tell you what I mean. Let me who, tell you what who, I mean. Who am I talking to? Okay. So uh, in, what I was thinking when I said that is an uh, organization like the Rotary Club or Ch- Chamber of Commerce or any of a number of other organizations that have members, have regular meetings, and they almost always have a guest speaker. You could be that guest speaker if... You have something interesting to say above and beyond buy my stuff. In fact, your, your talk has to not be buy my stuff. It has to be, hey, here's what I know about from my profession that you need to know to keep yourself safe or to protect yourself or to properly position yourself for the, in high inflation or whatever. Uh, and so if you look at financial advisors uh, in particular, they tend to be pretty good at this. Uh, is they'll send out these communications to their non-customers about here's what's happening in the market or here's what's happening in the world or here's uh, here's the you know, three things you can do to hedge against inflation. And you're like, well, to do any of those things, I need a broker and you're a broker. So I, I okay, I get it. Now they might just take that information and go to the existing broker and do the thing you advised. That's fine because you've now established yourself as an authority. You've given them advice and they have a good feeling about you. Um, when you can talk about the problem you solve in a general way that's non-pushy and non-confrontational and, and doesn't make people feel awkward, uh, 
you're turning them from unaware to aware, or you're taking them to a higher level of awareness of a problem that they maybe already have or someone around them has. And you're also showing up on stage in front. What does that make you? It makes you the expert. You wouldn't be on stage if you weren't an expert. Someone must have thought you had something to say. Well, the program committee puts you up on there. Uh, and so if you can bring yourself to do it, and I recommend you try, uh, having a 15 to 25 minute talk, and if you want to, we'll do a podcast on that. I, I, I teach a, a very simple process for building a, a, a speech. Uh, yeah. When you can be the speaker at any kind of event like that, any kind of a group gathering where they have guest speakers, uh, it really does wonders for your visibility because they've, they've heard you speak. We get a much clearer sense of what a person's like by listening to them, right? It's so much clear as opposed to reading a, a pamphlet they put out. Like right. I mean, if, you, if you or I were to stand up, oh, look, we're doing it now uh, in front of people for, you know, 20 minutes to talk about some problem aspects of our character will come across aspects of our personality will come across people will form an impression of what it's like to work with us they'll tell for instance that i talk too much <laughs> I, well i will i would if, you, if, you if would, someone's interested i will do my best to help them without you, charging anything because i want to help people yeah well you, you would make a great radio host tom there you go very kind there you go you make a great radio host because radio host is supposed own. to talk a lot well, I actually had my own podcast uh, many years ago where I interviewed people who were much better than me at these exact topics. Uh, and that was how I educated myself. Well, I feel like I'm following in your footsteps. And, that well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it back, back now. And, that, and happy that, that's that. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you, so you see it, that, that that's a visibility trick that gets it's a one to many. And it really highlights you as an expert in some field. And it's not about selling. It's about making yourself visible, about making the problem visible. And ideally, people walk out of your talk either keenly aware that, yep, I don't need that. Don't I feel better? And, oh, wait, then they find out that their cousin needs it. They're like, I just heard a guy talk. This lady, she talked. And, oh, yeah. And you'll start to get a little bit of buzz. And if you keep doing that, if you show up in front of people seven, eight, nine times over the course of a year, they keep seeing your name. Maybe they signed up for a newsletter. Uh, they bump into you someplace. They, they see something you wrote. Enough repetition, you start to be part of the landscape and they start thinking about you. So and then Tom, when they're in the market, boom, there you are. Go ahead. So Tom, if I join my local business association or chamber of commerce and, mm -hmm. and get a chance to do a speech in front of them, I take it that that's a good thing. You, you kind of get visibility. Absolutely. If I maybe, if I maybe uh, uh, volunteer uh, in mm -hmm. my community right. and, and get my name out there and you know, oh yeah, allow people I, to see what I do. Uh, you know, that's good visibility. You know, could 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 we take that one step further, Tom? And mm -hmm. and uh, if, you know, I mean, we're early in our business, of course, but if we're able to uh, sponsor an event to put our name out there. Yeah, uh, maybe. Now, now, it depends on what, where you are in your filling the pipeline journey. Uh, if you are early on or you've hit some sort of cash flow snag and you have an urgent need to fill that pipeline, you need to be initiating sales conversations and doing outbound marketing. Like almost exclusively, I if you're trying to fill your pipeline and there's urgency, you probably don't have a lot of cash. Right. right. And so okay. a longer term visibility play like sponsoring the local sports team 
uh, I'd put that down for next year or the year after. I'd keep the, the, the thought in mind, but I wouldn't chase it. Uh, I, I, I really want to reinforce your number one mission as a small business owner, uh, as an entrepreneur, until you're over a million a year in sales, you've got to get good at selling, which is that whole journey from getting your head on straight and having a real good product or service and being visible in the world and connecting with human beings and then having powerful sales conversations and closing the business. Um, and it's, there's a lot there, right? And if you hiccup on any one of them, you're in trouble, uh, which means you're going to probably want to get some, some specific help on the specific step you're in trouble with. It's easy to misdiagnose yourself. I've been talking to groups now. I have a roundtable that I run where I lead other fellow consultants who are also, you know, small and maybe aren't quite as far along as I am to, to look at themselves and look at these steps. And routinely people say, oh yeah, my problem uh, is step five. You know, it's, it's becoming the obvious choice. And I listen to them and, okay, tell me what you sell and tell me. The, it's like, yeah, no, that's not their problem at all. At all. But it's, they're so attached to their diagnosis that they're not willing to hear you know, my insight. Uh, and that's a real challenge. So you listening may also be misdiagnosing yourself. Uh, okay, so what? Well, the so what of it is if you misdiagnose which step you're most struggling with, you'll try to fix something that's not broken. And meanwhile, you're not fixing the thing that is broken and right. that delays success. So talk, talk to an expert, talk to someone you trust, talk to several people you trust and have them give you their feedback. Talk to current customers about what they wish you'd do better. Uh, talk to past happy customers about what you did and get testimonials. Uh, hugely important to have good testimonials and good stories about customer success. That's very helpful during, for example, the visibility period. You want to be putting out your testimonials. When you're connecting to people, if your business comes up, you can mention the testimonial of the happy customer story. During step five, when you're trying to become the obvious choice, yeah, well, but we've, you know, we're a union shop. You ever worked in a union shop before? Yeah, I have actually. Uh, last year I did that with these. And you, you have a specific story that answers their concern. Uh, the the yeah. whole testimonial past happy client stuff. Tremendously I, I, important. I was always told uh, word of mouth is the best. Oh, it totally is. It totally is. And you can gin that up. Another nice thing you can do, by the way, is tell your current customers and recent past customers, hey, I'm having a special. Uh, anybody you refer in the next X number of weeks, they'll get 50 bucks off and you'll get 50 bucks off. And that's how you want to structure it. It's not just that the person referring gets... A, a bonus because then they feel like they're like turning people in for a reward. It feels too mercenary. It's like, they're not really helping the other person. They're just helping themselves. And that's a little selfish. Um, and you don't want to just say anybody you refer, I'll give them money off. It's like, yeah, well, that's nice of you. And yeah, but if we both get something that feels pretty good. And you'll see that a lot of folks have, have learned the psychology of that. And you'll see a lot of those kinds of deals, you know, your referral, They'll get something off, and so will you. Now, you have to have a system right. to track that, uh, which would involve probably some sort of customer service slash IT cookie tracking, referral yeah. code generating, something, something. Or so, you just ask people, yeah, here, make sure they mention who referred them. And you, you at intake time, you ask, hey, who referred you? Because there's a $50 credit to you, or whatever the amount is, uh, to you and the referral person. 
so who, who was that? And they're going to say, oh, yeah, I want to tell you that information because I'm going to get 50 bucks off and my friend will. Right. right. So they're, all the incentives are aligned here. Everybody wants to cooperate. Right. Well, I, I will say from a technology perspective, at this point in the game, there's not a whole lot technology-wise that you need. You, you, the primary need here is communication. You need a phone and an email account. And, you know, I would encourage that your whatever phone or phone number you are using is not a personal number. It's a number dedicated to the business. Oh, and right. then whatever, whatever email account you're using, I encourage that it's at, you know, your company name or at your, your, your dot com. It's not at Gmail or at Yahoo. Um, oh, sometimes oh, yeah. that, an email, that, that, an email that, address for a business. Yeah. It's that's Fred's business at Gmail. It's like, wow, for, you're using a, a public free email system because you're tiny and struggling because you're unprofessional. Yeah. So, you know, just it, and Yahoo's it, it, worse. Yeah. So it, it's something to think about, you know, especially as, you know, uh, we, we uh, we go through the steps that Tom just laid out yeah. uh, in building this. You know, to to me, uh, and Tom, please cut in if, if I'm missing something here. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, that phone number and that professional email address comes in oh, at yeah. step one and two, uh, and it needs to be firmly in place before you you hit that visibility step of step three. Visibility. Yeah. Um, so you know. So this is one of the things and remember, in the pocket. Do it inexpensively. Like don't spend a lot of time early on, or if you're having cash issues, don't go and spend a lot of time and energy on logos and letterhead and, and like spending thousands of dollars on a professionally produced website. Or, you know, if you're launching a business, avoid getting a storefront for as long as you possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> don't you, incur so, big fixed costs. Yeah. And honestly, in my opinion, you don't mm-hmm. even need a website right off the bat. Interesting. You, you, you can get a domain for right. as little as $12 a year. You can Correct. get a professional email address for as little as $6 a month. So say more about that. Um, so, you know, uh, when you get a domain, you mm-hmm. can use a domain in two ways. You can use them both together or separately. So when I buy a domain... Um, yeah, TomOnLeadership.com, BecomingTheBestBoss.com. Taylor, your website. Uh, uh, TJSIT.com. So I don't have, just because I own that.com doesn't necessarily mean I have to have a website. I can just own that domain and hold on to it. I can Mm -hmm. just own that domain and just have email associated with it. But there doesn't necessarily have to be a website. So let's say, for example, the budget's tight. You're just getting started. Um, you don't want to put up a crappy website. No. So, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, the best idea is just not to have a website at all, but still use it. I'm going to resist you on that. Um, because if I've got a domain, I could go to set up a Google account for free, mm-hmm. get a right. Gmail you know, email address I might not even use. Or maybe my, my fred at barney.com points to my Gmail and I have it all masked, but it's really just Gmail under the covers. You can then use sites.google.com and set up a website. And then oh, you yeah. tell your domain to point to it and you build up, you know, just an online brochure. Well, and here's the, the, here's the issue. I, I, Taylor, I, I got, I had uh, a negative feeling toward you 
a few about a month or two ago because I had your email address. And so I took the domain portion of your email address and I stuck it in to, to look for your website and there wasn't one. And I thought, is this guy even real? And people might do that. Yeah. Now yeah. I knew you were real, but it, I felt a little taken aback because people will, will, some people will do that. If they have your email, they'll take the, the, the back end of it, you know, at fredbarney.com and right. they'll go stick that in the route and, and, and see I bet that's his website. What, I wonder what it says. Uh, and if it comes up, no such website. It, let's just say that the word professionalism is not the first word that leaps into someone's mind when they take it. They take a, a business email, take off the person at portion, stick the domain portion into their browser, try to visit it, and there's nothing there. It makes them think. It never makes them think good things. Right. Well. So I, uh, this is me resisting that. Now, another thing you can do, by the way, it's also free. I've done this with one of my domains is you go to LinkedIn, you got a LinkedIn account. You should have a page for your business. You can redirect it to there. Redirect the domain to your LinkedIn page for your business. Yes. And if you go to uday.biz, which is my email address, I think this is true. I'm going to check it right now. U-D-A-E.biz. <laughs> well, so and anyway, well- it probably, yep. Sure enough. It redirects to my LinkedIn company page. So it it solves the it answers the question is this guy real if i put his domain name in does it go anywhere yeah it goes to a place it's not the most professional thing in the world but it's not nothing and it'll well, connect straight back to my linkedin profile which is you know pretty well fleshed out so with with all of this uh setting up email uh setting up a website setting up a redirect um uh there is there's very little cost to this mm-hmm. to a point mm-hmm. and the reason why i say that is is because some of it uh depending on various skill levels you yeah. can figure it out and right. some of it is not so easy to figure out right and so if you're where, in a hurry don't get stuck yeah if you if you're if you're trying to pursue some strategy and you find yourself stymied and baffled put it in the waiting on column Hopefully you're using a Kanban board. This by the way, if, if we're talking about getting organized here, maybe we should touch on this. We're nearly at the end of our hour. Maybe we should just keep it under control. Yeah, well, and, we, we clearly have a few topics that we want to there's expand some, there's on a that lot are going to come said. up in yeah. the future. This is not an easy thing being a business owner. No. You, have to be, you have to be decently good at a very large number of things. And you can't just delegate stuff to the legal department because you don't have one. You've got a, maybe a lawyer. You can't just delegate stuff to the marketing department. That's you. You're also in charge of sales. You're also in charge of service or product delivery. You're it when you're a solopreneur and you're most of it when you're a small business owner with a few employees. So uh, I would say that filling your pipeline is your number one job when you're less than a million a year. And it may still be your job beyond that. And if you're not comfortably good at it, Take the time and, the, and have the humility to get really good at it because you'll sleep better at night when you can reliably keep that, that, uh, that funnel full. Oh, yeah. Tom, thank you, my friend. I appreciate all the information uh, you've shared. And, of course, uh, you know, there's a whole lot more detail-wise that can go in both on the technology side. Uh, and on the business side yeah folks if you have a question if something you're like wait i wish they'd gone in more detail about x or hey taylor i need you to tell me more about the thing it's like 
put it in the chat, put it in comments, uh, send us, fill out the, the contact form. We'd love to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to take this podcast in the direction of helping you, the listener. So yep. if you ask the question, I told you, ask questions. We, we, you have two brains right here who would love nothing more than to answer your small business question about process, about people, about technology. So you, you can uh, do a couple. You can do it a couple different ways. Uh, both mm-hmm. of our contact information is on the website uh, smallbusinessdownload.com. Uh, you can ask the question by joining us here on Zoom on the webinar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can ask us uh, questions also by emailing info at smallbusinessdownload.com. Right. Uh, that, that will also work as well. Uh, we there's a lot more to come. Um, We've got uh, several topics mapped out. I don't know if we are you if you uh, yeah if you go to uh, smallbusinessdownload.com and you click on the link to our YouTube channel, uh, you'll notice all our live broadcasts are all scheduled out. Um, if you follow us on LinkedIn or or Facebook, uh, our pages on there will also have it all mapped out. And of course, uh, down in the description on YouTube is a link to all those places. And Tom. Not only are we available on all your pod, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, also, Apple, Pocket Cast, Castro, Google Podcasts, any of them. We're including, everywhere. Including iHeartRadio. Nice. Uh, so uh, we encourage you to subscribe. We encourage you to reach out. Uh, we hope uh, we can be successful with you. Uh, as we build this to be a successful podcast, we hope we are also helping you build a successful business right along the only way we can succeed is when you succeed so help us help you uh thanks guys for everybody uh jumping on uh today's webinar and uh uh, watching on youtube uh we appreciate it uh you know definitely subscribe to the channel uh definitely uh um you know register for the webinar uh emails will go out automatically if you register for the webinar and if you subscribe to the channel Uh, be sure you click that bell icon so every time we we post a video or go live uh, you'll be notified Uh, tom once again thanks and uh, for everybody else uh, we will see you uh, next time awesome take care